You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. For the weekend of Friday, May 21st, 2021, you are tuned Into Tomorrow during our 26th year on the air on radio, the original Social media, thank you for joining us. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And no, the voice hasn't gotten any better, nor do I anticipate that it will until after the vocal cord surgery. Slated for June 3rd. That weekend of June 4th will be a new show, sounding much like this, but... A new, the, show, a new show that you'll want to tune into, that's all I can say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, for that yes. reason. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. You don't want to miss that show for sure. And then the week after, Be Prepared is going to be a best of with some new elements because I will be under a solid week and a day. Funny how they worked that out. Eight days of complete silence. So, so, so in a way, your staff is getting a week of vacation. You know, that's not very nice. That is absolutely not very nice. Accurate. But not very nice. I, so far, everyone that I've mentioned this to has said, oh, that's impossible. You can't possibly be quiet for a week. I have to, though, or else I, I will not recover. So they're going to do what they're going to do. But the fact is, we are thrilled that you've tuned in. We want you to be tuned in for next week and the week after for sure. Well, all the weeks. Just yeah. tune in all the time. But that's important. And, of course, we're coming to you from the Dexcom G6 Studios, the only continuous glucose monitor FDA permitted for kids ages 2 and up. Be sure to visit Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M dot com. And before we get to more of your calls, oh, and Chris is going to tell you there's so many cool, fun ways to participate now. He's going to share them with you so that you can do just that. For example, Debbie coming up used the uh, Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Little microphone, little Ask Dave, pronounce the K, and participate that way on any browser, on any device. Pretty cool. Yeah, and in a similar way, you could use our free Into Tomorrow app. There's a message to studio button. Works the same way. You hold the button mm-hmm. down, ask us a question, give us some uh, tip for another listener, give us some tech rage, whatever you want to say. Give us some tech rage. Yeah, just give it to us. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah, It's true. We have our bleep button always standing by, so have no fear. It makes for good radio, too. Just Share your rage with us involving anything tech. Yes, or you can call or even text to our 800 number, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. We just ask that if you text, you give us your name, how you listen to the show, and where you're listening to the show from. There you go. And we don't mean on the radio and from your bathroom or something. Right. Give us a city and and how you listen. Is it on a radio station? Which one? Is it our podcasts? How? Which podcast platform do you use? Is it our stream 24-7? Whatever. That's just important so we know how you're participating. 
And then we send you some fabulous prizes for doing so. Yes. So I think it was uh, probably because of your, your vocal issues. But as you know, uh, IFA uh, has made a very hard decision. Bad news, ladies and gentlemen, this week from our good friends at IFA in Berlin. Uh, they've tried to make the impossible possible. But they say now that there are just too many uncertainties these days. It's become impossible, they say, to predict how the pandemic will affect the world come this September. There simply are so many known unknowns, as they put it. I don't think that's a German-to-English translation issue. It actually makes sense. There are too many known unknowns, from the speed of various vaccination programs all around the world to the emergence of new variants of the virus also around the world, that nobody can plan ahead reliably and securely. And yet, IFA says that they are looking forward to 2022 when... After an extremely rare break, IFA Berlin is set to return in full strength with full confidence and full IFA power and into tomorrow we'll be there. Yeah, so there's only two things in, in history that have uh, paused this show. That's true. A, world, a world war yeah. and a global pandemic. Thank you, China. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good point. Because there was a, a pause in the action of, of IFA that started back in 1926. So this show is the richest show in tech history. But that's true. A world war paused IFA, and now the pandemic pauses IFA. But 2022, I feel so bad for them because they've worked so hard. Last year, they managed to do a partially in person. I mean, from 180,000 attendees to only six or 7,000 because the Berlin government wouldn't allow any more than that in. Um, but they did an incredible virtual show. And they said it's just not feasible to do even a virtual show this year. So instead, already planning for 2022, as we are as well. Uh, we've taken it off the broadcast calendar for 2021, but we'll be there next year in support of them and in support of our audience to bring you that show. And that gives everyone listening more time to plan, because unlike CES that's closed to the public, IFA is open to the public. And if you've never been, especially if you've never been to Berlin, such an awesome city, a great tourist opportunity as well, plan on that for September 2022 and join us and a refreshing beverage adult or otherwise is on us in our broadcast center if you stop by and we'll still be bringing you our uh, our IFA history updates every week oh, of course in the third hour of the show and if you don't get that third hour if you're the radio station you're listening to us on it doesn't carry the third hour and you've never Shame heard it, on them I know all you have to do is stop by your into tomorrow.com and there's links to our podcast where you can subscribe for free and listen to that third hour with that go. IFA history update. That's true. A lot of history with IFA. So do stay tuned. We feel really bad for them under those circumstances. But again, they're making the right decision. We can't disagree with it as, as upset as we are about it. Um, unfortunately, we, we understand. We get it. So in other big news, tech news-wise this week... Uh, Google had their big I.O. conference uh, this week, uh, held over three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And does that mean I.O.? Uh, yeah. yeah. It means it's Google. I owe them something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it actually originally was input-output. Yeah. Yeah, I.O. 
But they're another one. They were virtual only this this year, and they claim that they're going to be back in person next year. We'll see. But that's mm. usually held at the Moscone Center in uh, San Francisco. We've done many remote broadcasts from oh, there. Oh, yeah. Very true. So we'll see. Maybe we'll even be at that one next year as well. Do you remember the good old days when we could travel? Well, I remember the days. I would <laughs> say they were good. Man, and we did a lot of travel. I, I did especially. I went to several shows that you and the rest of the team didn't go to because I would just do some reporter-style interviews. But we did everything we could to bring you the latest tech from literally around the world. Yeah, I've told everybody I've loved the places we've been to, Tokyo and Dubai and mm-hmm. Taiwan doing the show. It's just the travel part I didn't really care for. Yeah. Well, I'm me still, too. I'm still waiting for that Star Trek uh, transporter that can just get me there. Oh, really? You want to be just beamed to, to these various places? Yeah. Which would be very cool, but it's just, I don't want to be the first one. Yeah. You know, well, because to be the first one, probably not such a great idea. Um, but, however, to be uh, maybe the hundredth one down the line, and then I can ask the beamer... I don't mean a BMW. I could ask the Beamer to uh, shave off a couple pounds in the midsection, you know, when you when you send me back, would you? Yeah. Beam me into tomorrow with Dave Graveline. Thank you, Scotty. But uh, at that Google I.O. conference, I made uh, several announcements, um, including the fact that there are now more than 3 billion active Android devices. And that doesn't surprise me. Of course there's that many um, Google devices because all smart people have them. <laughs> well, in fact, we have an interview coming up uh, later this hour with uh, Panasonic. Tough yes. We talked about that. You know, while there, while iOS is real prevalent here in the U.S. worldwide, Android is king. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you don't want to miss that interview coming up in a few minutes this hour because they're introducing they being Panasonic introducing yet another very cool new Toughbook tablet, all based, of course, on Android. But Android twelve was announced, among many other things, big changes coming in Android 12, a brand new Material U, they're calling it design. They offer a whole lot of color and customization. Uh, We'll even be able to change system colors to be able to better match your wallpaper. Yeah, I was reading about that. Apparently, you can set a picture as your wallpaper, and it will go through and pick the colors out of that picture to then change all the system colors to match it. And now, I don't know how important that is to most people, but it's kind of cool, I guess. They also will offer some new privacy features, including a new privacy dashboard, and available in beta right now on some select devices. Final release expected, of course, later this year. But look for Android 12. i got Android 11 now, so that's the latest, greatest available. But 12 coming on. And, of course, other announcements. Yeah, they announced uh, what they call Smart Canvas. This is a new initiative for its workspace office software that will make it easier to work between their products. Um, features of that include smart chips that will let you link to other workspace apps and the ability to start a Meet video call right from within Google Docs, Sheets, or a slide. Well, that's kind of handy, as many people are doing those kinds of things, Zoom-type calls, in this case, Meet Video, which is kind of Google's thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Google and Samsung are merging their Wear OS and Tizen, or Tizen. Tizen. Tizen? Okay. Um, which Because they both have had their various... Uh, 
operating systems for wearables, if you will. They'll be combined into a unified platform now, and that, of course, should lead to apps launching faster and even longer battery life. You don't have all these different things pulling power from your devices. Yeah, so and stay tuned later in the show. We're going to be bringing you more of these little announcements, and, mm-hmm. and also we have more on our site, intotomorrow.com. You can stop by and read more about some of the announcements made at the Google I.O. conference. There you go. You can check them all out there. Another big uh, tech item this week in a secret deal that was announced, AT&T is spinning off Warner Media just three years after purchasing Time Warner, and they're going to merge it now with Discovery. The Blockbuster deal will create the second biggest media company in the country by revenue behind only Disney. With a sprawling business that touches on streaming entertainment, movies, sports, and cable news. Uh, Warner Media obviously owning CNN. Owning CNN. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, the merged company could have a value above $100 billion. Jeez. So the new transaction will combine HBO, Warner Brothers Studios, CNN, and several other cable networks with a host of reality-based cable channels from Discovery, including Oprah Winfrey's own, HGTV, and the Food Network, and Animal Planet. Wow. Couldn't care less about Oprah Winfrey's own, but the other stuff is stuff that a lot of us us watch frequently. And, of course, that can't be always good news in this case. The Discovery CEO will run the combined businesses. Uh, Warner Media and Discovery generated more than $41 billion in sales last year with an operating profit topping $10 billion. Must be nice. The transaction is expected to close mid-year of next year, by the way. Debbie calling in with the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. We love you for that, Debbie. Hello there. I have a question about determining whether a website is safe to put my credit card information on. I use a, I think they call them MVNO, one of those cheaper phone plans. And I gave them my credit card and found that within a couple of weeks, my credit card was hacked and had to have a new card. Ooh. And then I heard that that particular company was not being responsible and had leaked all the information in people's credit cards out. So is there a way to tell in the future if I go to put my information in, if it's going to be safe? Well, first of all, Debbie, thank you for using the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Sounds good. Sounds like she's right here in the studio. Oh, there she goes. She's in the hall. Uh, There are two parts to this, actually, the technology and internal security practices. And for the benefit of our other listeners who may not know, MVNO stands for Mobile Virtual Network Operator. These are companies that basically piggyback, if you will, on another cell network. These would be the low-cost cell service uh, carriers like TrackPhone, Boost Mobile, uh, Consumer Cellular. There are many others. Now, you can check to see if they're using the technology that allows your credit card information to travel securely in a properly encrypted connection by checking your browser's address bar when you're on the page in which you need to enter your information. If there's a little padlock upper left corner in that address bar, and there's an HTTPS address, that's your browser's way of telling you that the website is using an SSL certificate. That's secure socket layering. That's what SSL stands for. You don't need to know that, but just so you know. The information you enter in there can be securely transferred. Now, the other side of that is the internal security practices of the company. And the truth is, you can't rely and you can't really know 
what they're doing for sure. There have been plenty of recent cases of big names doing really unsafe and careless things. Yeah, for instance, uh, Parler famously had millions of profiles content downloaded because, incredibly enough, they didn't randomize their user IDs. So just incrementing the user ID by one allowed anyone with basic programming skills to programmatically download the contents of the next profile and keep the chain going until they reach the last user in the database. Uh, and Facebook's default security settings, those are so poor that default profiles can be scraped by anyone, something that they want to convince us is normal. Of course, it's not normal, and it's just the result of their own poor business practice. They sell your information, and you're more likely to use their service if you can be creepy and read up on another user's profile before you friend them. It's a choice to share as much as they do. Yeah, very true. Now, if the MVNO you used happened to not sanitize inputs on the page, I know this is getting real technical, but we wanted to kind of get you the info, or otherwise open themselves up to attacks, their database may have been accessed by someone else. And you'd really have no way to know that was a possibility before you signed up without running penetration tests on the page, which you can't really do without consent, since you'd be considered to be trying to hack their page, imagine that, and could get into trouble yourself. Yeah, the best way to avoid issues with virtual number providers is really to just go with a big enough name that they'd be afraid of the poor PR and hopefully be inclined to follow industry standards when it comes to securing your data. Yeah, and good luck with that. Debbie, great question. I don't know that we've really helped allay your fears, um, but at least you got the info there and you probably can't go wrong if you just go with a major carrier at that point and yeah. not one of their piggyback people into tomorrow.com where we are secure now that we're home more than ever we need to feel safe call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in what do you want to keep safe wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted, 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Another hopefully fun Into Tomorrow tech fact for you. In 2010, the United States Air Force used 1,760 PlayStation 3 consoles to build a supercomputer for the Department of Defense. They used PS3s because it was more cost-efficient and green. Okay. But at least you're trying to save us money since it's us that's paying for it. That's true. 1,760 PlayStation 3 consoles wow. to build a supercomputer. Interesting. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it worked. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. It's not expensive to have your own podcast. Go to blubrry.com and find out how affordable starting your own podcast can be. Stay tuned. Coming up, we'll be chatting with uh, Joe Valenti. He's a product manager of Android tablets with Panasonic. Just this week, they launched a new fully rugged 7-inch Android tablet. So he's joining us to tell us all about the new Toughbook S1. And we show it to you, of course. So be sure, always come check out the videos at intotomorrow.com. That interview and its video 
is, of course, up for your viewing pleasure. When you call in this week, among other things, and participate, you could win any of the following prizes. And while there's no promises or guarantees, we ask you to list two or three of the things we're about to say. When you call in, we'll do our best to get one of those items to you. For example, we've got a fingerprint bike lock from Benji Lock, so you can secure your bike with just a finger. And... We've got uh, ELO 7.1 Air wireless surround sound gaming headsets from Rocat. Uh, Tivic Health has provided one of their clear-up microcurrent devices that relieves congestion from colds, flu, and allergies. And it works. We've also got a Razer Kyo webcam with built-in adjustable ring light. Also works. Very cool. And not to be outdone, LFO has provided several of their infrared ear and forehead thermometers. And they also work. Man, we were using an uh, LFO for every staff member, visitor, neighbor, anybody that happened to pop into our studios the whole last year, back when everybody was still taking uh, temperatures. Although I went the other day to a doctor's office and I went, still doing that? Yeah, we have to. Okay. Fortunately, I never had one, but these work very well. 800-899-INTO or join us at intotomorrow.com. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills just pour them in and hero does the rest so easy to use and saves me so much time i never miss a dose i'm never late for a dose anymore and that is so critical to me What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Now in our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in consumer tech, products and services, gadgets, gizmos, all sorts of cool things available today and into tomorrow. And of course, your participation makes the program. Not only do I have to talk less because we want to hear you, but we love it when you participate on the show with your questions, your comments, your help for other listeners. Uh, maybe share with us your favorite app these days and why. Whatever the case, share some tech rage if you'd like. Uh, we have our bleep button standing by, so no worries. And you can call us anytime, 24-7, into It's toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-4686. You can even text that number. If you do, we ask you to include your first name, your city, and how you hear the program. And now you can even participate, of course, with our brand new updated Into Tomorrow app. Uh, there's a little message to studio button. You can record your question or comment or help for another listener. Send it right in. You sound like you're right here with us in the studio. Or the brand new way. Visit us on any browser, on any device. 
to intotomorrow.com, click the little button that says Ask Dave with a little microphone and participate that way. It's really very easy to do, but we want to hear you on the air. Of course, we've talked about and used products from our next guest company for many, many years. This week, they launched a fully new rugged 7-inch Android tablet. We use the A3 here in our studios every day, all the time, and love it. The product manager for Android tablets with Panasonic is Joe Valenti. Joe, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Always cool stuff coming out of Panasonic. And when we talk about tough books, they really are. I mean, we had one of the original tough books, geez, 20 years ago, and brought it on every remote broadcast that we did around the world. Remember those good old days when we could travel? Uh, and we did a lot of it. And that thing continued to work for 20 years and, and did a great job for us. And now, of course, with the new tablets, now you've outdone yourselves even more with yet another fully rugged Android tablet. Tell me about the brand new Toughbook S1. Sure, Dave. So the Toughbook S1 is our latest generation of Android tablets, and it's the fifth to our lineup. So as you have, you've seen the A3 you have, this is the S1, and we consider this to be the little brother of the A3. Uh-huh. It was made specifically for higher use cases that need higher computing, mapping, GPS, and uh, we've done a really good job, listener users and the end users in the market, to figure out what tools they need to do their job. And that's great because the the um, A3 that you that you mentioned that we use that I have here, and again we use every single day here in our studios, is a workhorse. But I guess what's cool about that is that, as you mentioned, uh, Joe, you listen to users that say, "Well, that's great, but I don't need that feature. I don't need this. I don't need that module, or what have you." So to have a little brother come out, I love how you refer to it, the S1 as a little brother, uh, makes perfect sense. So what is is it that the S1 has uh, that the A3 had, and you know that you find that folks are saying don't need that, but boy, is this handy? Sure, that's a great question. So the S1 has the ability to have other features for use cases. So, for instance, it has the same powerful processor that the A3 has, which is the Qualcomm SDM660. Good. Uh, it also has a four gigabytes of RAM and sixty-four gigabytes of storage as well. But this is our first seven-inch or below lineup that comes with a uh, tablet that has two battery options. So first of all, the one difference is, is we have an extended battery, which is up to 14 hours, and we have a regular Panasonic battery pack, which is up to eight and a half hours. Nice. The S1 also has the ability to do other things like we've added USB-C communication, and we've also given users in the field that use older handheld scanners the ability to uh, offer to purchase the unit with a Type-A USB as well. And so that's what they've been, that's what our users are telling us is that we're not going to mount this on a forklift, but we don't want to carry a 10-inch all day. We want a 7-inch that has these options. And that's terrific because, again, Joe, there you are listening to the customers again. They're saying we don't want to have to reinvest in a bunch of equipment that we continue to use, but we sure like the idea of a new you know, tough book to use with them. So whether they're scanners or other devices that want, they want to connect, it's good to have those kind of options. Are you aiming the S1 at particular industries? And if so, which ones do you think are, are going to get the most use out of it? Well, we're, we're, we're aiming for about four different key vertical markets, transportation, warehouse, logistics, uh, field services. But we have use cases in, in the public sector. 
Uh, we have a big use case down in Florida for EMS. Miami-Dade County is one that uses our tablets. And they tell us that they want not only a 10-inch tablet, but they also want a 7-inch tablet. And the cool thing about that is when we listen to them or we listen to our customers, we're now platforming our devices, which means that multiple form factors of Panasonic Android Toughbook Android tablets, handhelds, can go into one customer, and they share batteries, they share battery chargers, they share styluses and tethers. So it makes it very easy to hit multiple use cases within one person's business. Um, really, really cool the way that we've done that. And then another thing is, one other thing that's really important about this device, it's the only device in the world, seven inches, that can be ordered with a two-dimensional barcode scanner in portrait or landscape mode. Uh, so the customer can order it in any orientation that he wants that his application is written for. Well, and again, that's handy. That's one of those key factors that makes a difference for various businesses. I didn't even know about the Miami-Dade situation. We're in Miami-Dade. Uh, I spent many years as a Miami-Dade police officer, so I think that's awesome that you're doing this with uh, the firefighters and the EMS folks uh, and and that it's happening here in our county. Uh, that's a, a great uh, use case scenario where I know that they're getting good use out of it. Now I'm going to talk it up even more, especially with our local folks and say, give me some more input. Uh, you know, how's that tough book holding out? And, and especially the new S1, it's got to make a huge difference. And you weren't even gearing it necessarily for firefighters and EMS, but what a great opportunity to be able to use it for those purposes as well. Yeah. Yep. So many use cases with Android because our customers use it as a tool. So mm-hmm. it fits in a lot of different vertical markets. Like, for instance, we talked about EMS. We talk about field services, the ability to walk out to a gas meter or to walk out to a power line and carry the device and do your quality control inspection on a handheld that weighs less than a pound with the standard battery pack in it. So it's very light. It doesn't fatigue the user. Um, warehousing, we have supervisors that want to walk the floor and take pictures of damaged goods, be able to put it back on a dock in their office and connect it to a bigger monitor and mirror it and actually use the bigger monitor. So we think about all the different cases that it can be used as a tool, but you know the way we build them, that S1 is tough. Five-foot spec drop to concrete It's the best in the industry. And, of course, you know, anytime we talk about abusing any electronics, even accidentally or otherwise, it makes me cringe because it's what we cover and it's what you make. But that's good to know because we know in the field it happens. Uh, We talked about all of our remote broadcasts over our 26 years. Uh, You know, it's taken abuse. They they get dropped. They get banged. They get spilled on, uh, you know, various – they get run over by things. You know, it's good to know that – you know, you couldn't have picked a better name eons ago calling these tough books because they are. They do the job that way. And for any out in the field use, do you find any any military folks yet uh, looking at the S1 or soon will be, I'm sure? Well, we're starting to find some adoption within the DOD. Um, some of the use cases we're finding is a lot of mapping applications. So the troop movement, et cetera, things of that nature. There's the uh, ATAC program. And, uh, Android Assault Tactical Kit. Um, there is other use cases within even monitoring aircraft, going in and doing inspection on a tablet, being able to do your inspection for aircraft maintenance. A lot of the things in those type of use cases are coming up. So you're starting to see some adoption into the federal space, uh, and it's really starting to grow. Um, a little bit slower than other spaces, but there's a lot of growth there for us. And talk to me, Joe, about uh, the use of Android, uh, A, the, how easy it is for people to just pick up on that operating system and do pretty much anything they need to do. Uh, that's yeah. got to have been a key factor as well. 
It very much is. I mean, maybe in the United States, it's, it's, there's a lot of iPhone users, but worldwide, Android is the leader in, in, in handheld phone IS and tablet OS. So it's very easy. They understand how to use the device. There's not a lot of training for the user. But the, what makes it really nice is that the IT manager now has much control over the device because he can be an Android Enterprise user and be certified for Android Enterprise, allows him to lock the device down, allows him to do his updates safely, uh, allows him to do predictive maintenance and things of that through his through his management device servers. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that they can do that make it easy, and they feel like it's they, they're not learning again. It's very simple to roll out with our help, and we have all the tools and software to make that happen. Terrific, and and continue to do that. I think that's what's amazing. You're always innovating. You're always making sure that they're compatible with whatever a customer might need. Tell me about the the warm battery swap uh, for folks that might not know what that means. As as I understand it, uh, you have the ability to to keep functioning and swap a battery. Yeah, there's a couple key features I'd like to touch on too. Um, so we call it a warm swap battery because it has one battery in the device. So on the A3, it's hot swap because there are two physical user replaceable batteries. Right. So on a warm swap means that we have a backup clock, backup battery. So if you're out in the field and you want to do a warm swap, you initiate the warm swap menu and you can take the battery out and you have 45 seconds to put a new battery in and you don't lose any connections to your applications, your WAN connections, your 4G LTE connections or Wi-Fi. What, now, is this like some supercharged capacitor that's keeping it working or or some other additional storage of power somehow that you've yeah. built in and baked into the tough book? Yeah, it's, it's, we call it a backup battery, and it's just a, another charging system that holds everything in place for roughly 45 seconds. Nice. It gives you plenty of time to swap one battery. Oh, for sure, because obviously you're going to be smart enough to have that fully charged battery ready and pop it out and pop the new one in, and you're you're good to go. I think that's something, again... Very forward thinking on Panasonic's behalf to say, hey, this is what's needed in a field. This is what's needed out in a warehouse where the guy's not going to run back 10 blocks to the office and try to plug it in for a couple of minutes and get a little juice. Uh, now, you mentioned a couple of other uh, cool features you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so Panasonic's really known for their screen technology. We have really bright outdoor viewable screens. We have multiple use cases outdoors. But we also, besides that, we have our glove touch mode for increased temperatures down to negative 4 Fahrenheit. We also have 10-finger multi-touch mode. But the key that I want to bring up is Panasonic's exclusive patented rain mode. So we have a rain mode that will allow a user to use it when it's raining. If they're outside in a mist, Florida, good example, rains almost every day in the summer for half an hour, an hour. Now it will start doing just that. It's hurricane season coming up. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And you will be able to turn it on, and the water hitting the screen or the water running down the screen will not move your application until your finger physically moves it. And we still allow two-finger touch mode, so you can move your fingers to pinch for mapping, even in rain mode. There's still multi-finger mode, so that's really cool. And I wanted to mention, this year we're celebrating our 25th anniversary of Toughbook. So when you talk about having the first original Toughbook, (laughs) it's been since 1986. It's been a long time, and man, we're still... You know, I know we're still the leaders in rugged, but we don't rest on our laurels. We keep bringing out new product after new product and try to innovate. And we, we listen to our customers. We know where they want to go and we want to be there for them. Well, Joe, that's really clear. I mean, you are listening. You are implementing these kinds of things that people are saying, if it only could do this, ah, well, it can now or what have you. Uh, if I could only use these things that I've invested in thousands of dollars of, of accessory things that we need for the business, it can. Awesome. So by all means, we invite our audience to look at the S1. It's the new Panasonic Toughbook S1. 
cleverly enough, toughbook.com, panasonic.com. There's so many ways. We'll get you there when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Joe Valenti is the product manager of Android tablets with Panasonic. Keep up the good work. There's always more to talk about. We look forward to getting you back again soon. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Toughbook.com. For more, visit us at intotomorrow.com. We'll get you to Joe's site. You'll see what he and his team are up to on a very regular basis, always innovating and always doing cool things and keeping these tablets especially very tough, uh, very uh, impressed by some of the cool new features on this S1 especially. Do check it out. I'm Dave Graveline. We bring you further Into Tomorrow. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Google averages nearly 3 billion searches every single day. I believe it. From now into tomorrow. Well, of course, into tomorrow, it'll increase even more. You probably found that out on Bing. No, <laughs> no, I did not. I am Dave Graveline, however. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available wherever you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 to get more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Jump aboard the time machine. You got mail. Time to head into yesterday with this week in tech history. History, history, history. history. Unfortunately, IFA is history this year with the news that just came out this week. But we'll be there next year. Look for IFA 2022. But here's this week. Very busy week this week. In 1844, Samuel Morse sent the first message via telegraph. The message, What Hath God Wrought, was a quote from the Bible and was sent from a committee room in the U.S. Capitol to his assistant, Alfred Vail, in Maryland. While Samuel Morse did not invent the telegraph, he did develop it, commercialize it, and invent the famous code that now bears his name. This first message officially inaugurated America's telegraph industry. In 1900, Edwin Vody, who was regarded as a genius of the music world, patented his pianola, commonly known as the player piano. Oh, I was going to say, can we say that on the radio? We just did. uh, The original pianola was a large wooden cabinet in front of an ordinary piano. At the rear of the cabinet was a row of wooden fingers aligned with the piano keyboard. These fingers were activated by air passing through a roll of paper perforated with holes that determined which note to play. It really is a fascinating invention when you think about it. The (laughs) air was generated by pressing two foot pedals at the base of the pianola. (laughs) Wow. In 1953 this week, the first 3D cartoon premiered at the Paramount Theater in Hollywood, California. The production, a Walt Disney creation and RKO picture, was titled Melody and involved an owl teaching his class full of birds about music. In 1961, U.S. President John F. Kennedy gave his famous speech when he announced before a special joint session of Congress his goal to initiate a project to, before the end of the decade, put a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And we did it. That goal was realized eight years later in 1969 with the Apollo 11 mission. 
And this week in 2012, the SpaceX Dragon became the first commercial spacecraft to rendezvous with the International Space Station. Before this, only four governments, the U.S., Russia, Japan, and the European Space Agency had accomplished this feat. SpaceX began developing the Dragon spacecraft in late 2004. Elon Musk, CEO of SpaceX, reportedly named the spacecraft after the 1963 song Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary as a response to critics who considered his spaceflight projects impossible. (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) Boy, did he show them. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin. The most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances coming back in 2022. Check out ifa-berlin.com. And while you're online, you want to check out intotomorrow.com as well. Guys, by now, you've heard the great news. If you've wanted to try Viagra or Cialis, but were worried about the price, Blue Pills Direct can finally give you the results you've been looking for. Why pay almost $15 per pill when you can get the same results you need for only $2 per pill? That's right. Call today and receive 50 blue pills or 50 yellow pills for only $99. That's only $2 per pill and saves you almost $500 from your local pharmacy. Why wait? Call 888-914-4247 today and finally have those breathtaking toe-curling moments again and again. Call 888-914-4247 right now, and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Just call 888-914-4247. That's 888-914-4247. Call 888-914-4247. Thank you for tuning in to tomorrow. You know, Samsung was founded as a grocery store on March 1st, 1938. I did not know that. Yeah. No doubt in South Korea because it's a South Korean company. Yes. And I don't think it stands for anything. No. Maybe it does. Well, the name we, Samsung means, uh, I believe, three stars or something. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that it was a grocery store originally, yeah. I don't think they sell groceries anymore. Probably not. Just electronics yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Welcome back into tomorrow. I may have said, may not have. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys.com, providing the 24-7 stream of Into Tomorrow at our website at intotomorrow.com. Pam in Big Lake, Alaska, listens on AM 700 KBYR. Hello, Pam. Welcome Into Tomorrow. I don't have any tech equipment at all. I don't even have a question. Oh. I hope that you're well after they do your surgery for your problem with your vocal cords. So I'll keep you in my thoughts and prayers, sir. Well, thank you, Pam. That's very sweet of you. Holy cow. And and it's very nice. I've been hearing from a lot of our audience on various anti-social media as well. It's nice to get a, a call for the show as well. So mark your calendar June 3rd. <laughs> that's when you can say an extra prayer, because that's when I'm going under the knife. And thinking knife and my vocal cords just scares the heck out of me. Well, it should. Yeah, great. <laughs> but then again, I think I'm more afraid of trying to stay quiet for the next week. So stay quiet with me, won't you, at intotomorrow.com.